The text is taken from the uh, gospel. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine, even as the Father knoweth me and I know the Father. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Well, first thing we want to know is to we want to understand what it means for Jesus to be the good shepherd. And in order to understand uh, uh, what he means by calling himself uh, the good shepherd, we have to pay attention to uh, the scriptural context here. Uh, and that means that we have to back up uh, and uh, go from uh, chapter 10, which is where the text is found, back to chapter 9, uh, in order to, and, and also forward a bit to understand what's uh, going on. Very, very big event that preceded this, and, 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 uh, uh, and you know it, uh, but we need to look at this again. Uh, this is what happened. Jesus was walking through the temple, uh, and, and as they uh, went, his disciples, uh, uh, and he came upon a man born blind. Well, they asked him, what, you know, what, what made this happen? Was it the man's sin? Was his mother's sin or, or what? And, and Jesus said, this is for nothing but for the glory of God. And then Jesus bent down, and he spat on the ground, and he made mud, and then he rubbed the mud on the man's eyes, and then he said, now go wash your face. Uh, and, and the blind man washed his face and suddenly he could see for the first time in his life. He went home and, uh, and told everyone, uh, family and, and neighbors, that a man named Jesus put, uh, made mud uh, with his spittle and then put it on his eyes and then he could see for the first time. His neighbors then took him back to the temple to see the Pharisees. Okay, with friends like that, right? Okay, so they took him back. The Pharisees uh, then put him and his parents separately uh, through three hostile interrogations uh, that, uh, uh, where they asked all of them the same questions over and over again. Uh, and, and they make it perfectly clear that anyone uh, who, who intends... Uh, uh, to follow uh, Jesus, will be excommunicated from the temple. Very clear about that. So the Pharisees say to this man, well, who is he? And he said, well, all I know is people call him Jesus. Well, where is he from? I don't know where he's from. Uh, now his parents were afraid, mighty afraid of the Pharisees, uh, but he wasn't. Uh, when, he, when push came to shove, they were picking on the wrong man. This guy could see for the first time in his life. Uh, and they're treating him like a criminal. The temple rulers, uh, frankly, would have to do much better than that to intimidate this man. Uh, and he gets cocky. Uh, and he begins to mock the Pharisees. He said, hey, why are y'all... He didn't say y'all. He said... <laughs> I'm sorry. Why are you? Uh, why are you asking him so many? Uh, why are you asking me so many questions? Weren't you listening the first time? Uh, why don't you know where he's from? Uh, you're the big shots. Uh, and then he says, "Oh, I get it." And look at this. It's in the text. You want to be his disciples too? Is that it? And that infuriates them. 
uh, to the point, then they throw him out of the temple, by which I mean not physically necessarily at that point, but they excommunicate him. They make it very plain, plain to him that he is excommunicated from the community. Next scene. Move to the next scene. Jesus found him and revealed to him his true identity, and the man worshipped Jesus. And then, with a mixed crowd of his disciples and Pharisees and people that's hanging around the temple, Jesus began to teach using the parable, a parable about bandits, strangers, sheep, and shepherds. And then Jesus makes a rare move uh, because at the end of that, he interprets the parable for them, and he says, I am the good shepherd. Uh, the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and am known of mine, even as the Father knoweth me, and I know the Father. I know my sheep, and they know me, in the same way that the Father and I know one another, which is just a pretty remarkable thing to say. Uh, at any rate, Jesus' revelation that he is the good shepherd then stands between the healing of the blind man and what's rapidly coming up, which is the Feast of Dedication. Now, thanks to good biblical scholarship, we know the lectionary for the Sabbaths leading up to the Feast of Dedication in Jesus' day, and we know that they focused upon the theme of sheep and shepherds. And uh, that would have brought to mind to any uh, uh, good Jew, the greatest prophetical reading about shepherds and sheep in Ezekiel 34. Sometime this week, you should go home and read Ezekiel 34. It's remarkable. This is the way it begins. The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Uh, prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Woe be to the shepherds of Israel that do, not, uh, that do feed themselves. Uh, ye eat fat, ye clothe yourselves with wool, but you feed not the flock. Uh, have you healed the sick? Have you bound the broken? Have you brought back those driven away? Have you sought the lost? No. Behold, I am against the shepherd. Now that's the voice of God speaking. Uh, uh, at prophesying against the shepherds of Israel. Uh, and then he goes on, Therefore the shepherd, as, therefore he says, still Ezekiel, As a shepherd seeketh out his flock, I will seek out my flock. I will feed my flock. I will seek the lost. I will bring back again those driven away. And uh, they shall lie down in a good fold and in fat pasture and I shall be their shepherd. Now that couldn't, that wouldn't be lost on any uh, good Jew. Now these folks hanging around Jesus, uh, awaiting the feast of the uh, of of the dedication, uh, have just witnessed right before their eyes the Pharisees excommunicate a man. Uh, the temple authorities excommunicate a man blind from birth, whom Jesus healed. Now, if the Pharisees were the teachers of Israel, uh, they, would have, uh, they would have been that man's loving shepherd, but they were not. 
and, and the contrast between the two couldn't be missed. What I want to suggest is that Jesus has taken this opportunity, first of all, actually to do the deeds of the true shepherd of Israel, uh, to, to heal one of his sheep, and then he sees the opportunity to declare to everyone around that in fact he is the good shepherd, which is equivalent to saying that he is the God of Israel. The word translated good, by the way, is the word kalos, which means beautiful. Uh, beautiful in the sense of being the ideal, of being the model and proportion of perfection. It, it's the very same word that's used to describe the good wine over in uh, where Jesus turned the water into wine at the wedding of Cana. But he said, you save the good wine to last, the kalos wine. You save the best to last. Uh, Jesus himself then, clearly the point is, uh, he is the good shepherd, the beautiful shepherd who has finally come for his sheep. God has saved the best for last. And the last is superior to all that have come before him. And now by his own explanation, we know why the good shepherd is good. Why is he good? I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. The Pharisees aren't going to give a life for anybody. The Pharisees standing in that crowd are hirelings who run away from the sheep. They're phonies. Uh, Jesus is a good shepherd who will give his life for the sheep. The hireling sacrifices nothing. When Jesus declares that he is the shepherd of Israel, the good shepherd, he fulfills the prophecy of Ezekiel 34 right in front of them. Uh, no more shepherds are coming. Uh, no better shepherd is possible. Uh, through Ezekiel, God has promised that he himself would rescue the flock. And here he is, God Almighty, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the flesh, mind you, right before you, doing these wonderful uh, deeds. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and uh, am known of mine, even as the Father knoweth me and I know the Father. Just think about that this week. That's a remarkable statement, that he knows us and loves us in the same sense that he and the Father know one another. That's the second mark of the good shepherd is this intimacy that exists between the good shepherd and the sheep, and that's new. You don't see that anywhere else. You don't see it in the Old Testament. This intimacy, this communion, uh, is the deepest longing of the human heart to be known for who and what we are and to be loved. Sometime to be loved anyway uh, after being known for who we are. And that's the way we begin worship. Almighty God, unto whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid. Because our lives to God Almighty, everyone is an open book. When the blind man realized how he was loved by Jesus, he gained his vision the second time. The first time, the first healing, he received his carnal sight, while in the second healing, he received his spiritual sight. Now the Pharisees believed this man, born blind, uh, they believed that he had sinned in the womb. Think about that. They believed that he had sinned in the womb or, or, or as a possibility anyway, or, or his mother had sinned. 
uh, and his blindness was God's punishment. Uh, he was trash, frankly, in their eyes. Nothing worth. At the end of the account uh, of uh, the healing of the Pharisees, I mean, at the healing of the blind man, the Pharisees just d d declare, and I quote, uh, you were born steeped in sin, and you lecture us. Who do you think you are? And they throw him out. I know my sheep, and I'm known of mine, even as the Father knoweth me, and I know the Father. The good shepherd loves his sheep. They know his voice. He says that in the rest of this uh, wonderful chapter 10. Uh, just like Mary knew his voice in the garden, she, didn't, she thought he was a, she thought a man standing in front of her was the gardener, which is also very interesting because that's a, the garden of the resurrection of the gardener, and Adam is a gardener too, you know, in the Garden of Eden. There's a parallel there. Um, Just as Mary knew his voice and others know his voice, the voice of a stranger they will not follow. So we, uh, we've touched on that before in a, in a study of John 17, that uh, our knowing and our being known has to do with our real participation in the life of God, our supernatural participation in Jesus through the grace of holy baptism that enables us to know and to love Jesus and his Father. Baptism does not enable God the Father and Jesus to love us. They already love us, all right? They don't need any help. We're the ones that need the help in understanding and grasping, having insight uh, that's already given to us in Scripture and still understanding that God loves us as well. In fact, Jesus said, uh, with the same love that he and his Father have for one another before the world was. That's what he says in John 17. The Son of God became the Son of Man that the children of men might become children of God. This is the work of the Incarnation. The Good Shepherd sacrificed Himself for His love for His Father and for His love for His church. And now, you and I are called upon to imitate Christ and to offer up our lives, ourselves, our souls to the Father through the Son for the sake of others. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.